Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Um, actually, before we get started, Dave, I think you have something to tell everybody. I do. Um, and it's uh, uh, both sadness and joy. And I, that, I know that's a weird kind of concept to hold together, but uh, you'll understand. So uh, my original co-host and long friend, uh, Darren Cecil, those of you who've been with the uh, show for all, all, since the beginning, uh, no, no, Darren, and he passed away on Easter Sunday. And I, I say it's a sadness and a joy. Obviously, Darren's no longer with us to impart his wisdom, and, and it was mighty, powerful wisdom. Uh, the joy, I think, it, I think the joy that comes from that is is uh, simply one. He was surrounded by his family, his adult children. He was in his daughter's uh, house in hospice, and so. You know, he had that and they had him and, and having gone through something similar with my wife and her mother, I know how powerfully hero, healing being there through the end can be. And, you know, we had a beautiful celebration of life on um, Saturday, which was uh, topped off by every, everybody who wanted to uh, going to a Padres game. He was a huge, huge sports fan. Um, and so I think that was really apropos. Uh, and, and I think you know, for Darren, and I, I wrote this up in a blog article, you know, and I mentioned this, I believe, uh, after we reconnected when he went into hospice, but, you know, I, I just, I think this is the quintessential Darren philosophy, Darren story is, you know, um, he was born without his left arm, and he never let that phase him, right? That was, he, it was never a handicap. In fact, for him, he, he turned it into a huge advantage. And, and I think there's a huge lesson there. And so when he was diagnosed with the brain cancer and I met with him and I was in his house and, and uh, or his daughter's house. And uh, I, I said, you know, how long did I give you? And he said, I don't know. And I said, so what's changed? He said, nothing really. Right. So none of us really know. And all of us have limitations that we could either let define, let define us either as a negative or as a positive. And for Darren, he always let, the limitations to find him in a positive way and and become advantages for him. So it's a wonderful legacy, I think. And so I just wanted to share that with our listeners. Yeah, well, I'm really glad that he had such a close family experience at the end there. That's that's wonderful. And I think that our topic today is in honor of him and his flexibility and his willingness to take things as they come. so what do you say we talk a little bit about that flexibility and kind of go in with the flow? I think so. Uh, I think your day today is probably a great example of how you know, maybe not as big a <laughs> flexibility as what Darren had to deal with, but certainly it's uh, more typical of what we deal with in life. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm recording this from the Detroit airport and uh, I had a totally different plan for today, but my 6.15 a.m. flight became a 10.15 a.m. flight. And then I had to chase around all kinds of things and trying to get to Omaha for a keynote tomorrow that I was looking forward to 
practicing all day today, and now I'm in the middle of the Detroit airport, and people look at you funny when you practice a keynote in the middle of an airport. Yeah, talking to yourself in an airport, <laughs> probably not high on the list of things you really want to be doing. Yeah, especially because at some point I act out the voice of doubt in your head and it's very animated and very, um, uh, it, it could be misconstrued as well, <laughs> me well, talking to all the voices in my head. <laughs> wow. Well, what I what I highly recommend if you're going to do that, though, is go find yourself a shopping cart and find whatever Ditrius is laying around and throw it in there as yes. if it's your deepest, darkest <laughs> you know, possessions. That'll go over well. That, can, that would go over well. As long as I have earphones and people think I'm talking to you. But this is a great example of, okay, I had plans for today. They are not going to go the way I thought, which is often the way travel goes. And, uh, and so I'm being required to be flexible and do the best I can with what I've got. Because fighting, you know, the hand I've been dealt is stupid. I don't have any control over that. And, and, and you know, the reality is this happens almost every day, if not every day, to some degree, um, as in either sales or leadership, right? When we're, we're working, we want to persuade people. We have a plan. We know it's a great plan. It's, you know, it's going to get the job done. We're going to, we're going to move them into our tent and then bam, you know, there's a landmine, there's a hand grenade, there's, there's a disruption. You know, in the military, we used to say, um, you know, a plan never survives contact with the enemy. And of course, the enemy in this case is other circumstances that we have no control of. Exactly. External stuff, whether it's other people's plans or other people's limitations or just <laughs> whatever's happening in the world around you. Yeah. And I want to I want to submit, I mentioned this to you before we, we got started on a show, that part of this is mindset. If we are, And we'll come back to persuasion, folks, and how how this affects persuasion, but mindset is so important. If we realize, and this is this is a realization, something I came to within the last year, um, which on a whole nother level is comforting to know it, you know, it's 61, virtually 61 in two months, it's 60 years old, I can still learn things, right? I, I'm not set in my ways. And, and uh, I actually am not saying that's a joke, right? Because I think that's the precursor to death is stop because we're either growing or dying and learning is growing. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, but but the realization that everything happens perfectly, and I mean that perfectly, that the universe, it's impossible for the universe to contrive a situation that you don't need at that moment. And if you can accept that, in your at your core core and find what the purpose of that moment is. Oh my God, your life is so much richer. Well, exactly, because you don't spend the whole time railing against things that you have no control over anyway. I mean, you might as well have a more positive mindset about it and say, okay, cool. A, what can I learn from this? And B, and this is something that I talk about in my keynote that I'm launching tomorrow, is what do I have control over here? And what can I do? Because so often we get so frustrated and so angry, and I'm a perfect example. I was just stomping around the airport being all pissed off. Um, and all of a sudden I was like, and you don't have control over this. And your anger is a complete waste of energy. So low your all, sweetheart. And, you know, when we talk about leadership and persuasion specifically, I think this is such an important thing for people to see from us as role models. 
You know, and it's funny, you just said the magic words, and they really are uh, role models. Ultimately, leadership comes down to, and we mentioned this uh, a couple of times in the last few weeks, because I, I mean, it's, I think it's a theme that's that's coming up right now, is that people will do as we do, right? We, mm-hmm. and, and so if we find ourselves facing these situations and being stymied and getting ticked off and, and, and going negative and being frustrated with them, what we're telling our team is this is the way we want you to handle these situations, which is not what we want. So right. And this is, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So folks, just FYI, because Ann, because Ann is on a phone call, I can't see her. So we don't get that normal visual cues. So forgive us if we're talking over each other this, this week. And I get excited and talk fast. (laughs) No, but what I was going to say is it also shows our people, not only this is the way we want you to act, but this is the way we're going to act. When anything goes awry from our plan, and so people start to lose respect for us, they lose trust in us, um, and they're less likely to be persuaded in a positive way by what we're trying to accomplish. Right, and the thought that gets planted, the seed is, okay, so they, they say this is going to happen, and then what happens if something goes wrong? How are they going to react to it? And then people become protective of themselves instead of driving towards the goal. If, on the other hand, the behavior you're modeling is equanimity and acceptance of, okay, these are our circumstances and I am going to make the most of them, then when something goes wrong, they start making the most of them. And and more times than not, you actually get to where you want to go just by a different route. Right. And you end up teaching that level of, hey, let's learn something from this. You know, because somebody very likely may have messed something up and something may have gone wrong that we need them to not do again. But by not freaking out, not panicking, not being angry, not stomping around and saying, okay, here's where we are. What can we learn from this? What can we do about it? And how are we going to make sure this doesn't happen again? Then it becomes a teaching and trust building moment. And people are much likely, more likely, again, to go along with what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And what's interesting, you just said something that my initial reaction was, well, I'm not sure I quite agree with that. Um, and, and I'll explain this in a second. And then it actually becomes really in line with what we're saying. So you said not being angry and for being angry sometimes just happens, right? That's an emotional reaction. And then it's okay to be angry, right? If it's what you're feeling, it's what you're feeling. It's how you deal with that anger. However, that becomes okay. that moment. Yes, absolutely right. And I say that a lot in emotional intelligence uh, presentations is it's not the anger that's the problem. It's what we do as a result of it. So you're absolutely right. And I stand corrected. You can be angry and say, wow, this is really frustrating. Okay, let's sit down and figure it out. But if you're banging your fist on the table and you're yelling at them to get out and ripping their performance appraisal in half, you know, or whatever, that's where you're going to lose that trust and respect. You're absolutely right. Right. So it's it's not about... It's not about how we're feeling. It's about how we're acting and how we're behaving. And this is also important. It's, I'm not suggesting you tamp down the anger, right? You mash that and stick it into a closet and put it in a room. In fact, the opposite. I would say you acknowledge the anger without acting out on it. It's okay to say, listen, I'm really angry about this. I really am. Let's figure this out, which is a totally different energy than what did you do, you moron? I can't believe you, blah, 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 blah. 
Exactly. And again, you're role modeling the appropriate expression of emotion saying, hey, I'm angry about this. Let's fix it um, so that it doesn't happen again. Let's work together because we're on the same team here and let's get this, get this fixed so it doesn't happen again. You're then teaching your team, hey, this is how we're going to react. Yeah, you're going to get mad and that's okay. Like you said, it's what you do as a result of it. Yeah. And for those of you in sales out there, this still is valid. Things go wrong in the sales process, whether something um, operations does that, that, and I mean, before the sale, maybe you have a sales engineer or somebody in operations who has to get involved to do a demonstration or scheduling gets messed up, or there's, there's um, a ton of things that can go wrong during the sales process. And if your reaction is one of frustration, of, of demonstrated frustration, in other words, behavioral frustration, not feeling frustrated, as I said, that's fine. But if we behave in a frustrated manner and we behave poorly as a result of feeling those feelings, then our, our clients or potential clients or prospects don't trust us as much. Whereas on the other hand, if we deal with those in a healthy and a, uh, a beneficial manner, then they trust us even more and are more persuaded because they trust us more. They'll be easier to persuade to, okay, I think this guy's guy or gal's got their stuff together. Right, exactly. And bringing it back around to our initial point about being flexible and having that mindset that everything is exactly happening as it should can help you in that moment when you're trying to uh, control the, the behavior that is a result of the emotion, right? If it, it, I may be mad and say, okay, cool, there's a lesson here. I can figure it out. I'm still angry and let me be productive about this rather than not being productive in my behavior. You know, it's funny. Um, that's exactly what happens as, as I've come to the realization and, and the knowing, the deep knowing, right? Because at first it's a concept somebody presents to you. Oh, everything happens perfectly. And you go, oh, that's nice to know, except for when things don't, right? That's sort of the, <laughs> the starting point. And then you start to see examples of it. Maybe you're working with somebody, you know, I, as you know, we've talked about before, uh, my coach, Michelle, and, and um and it's like, well, what, well, you're right. Whoa. And, and Michelle helped me see, wait a second. Yeah, this this actually is exactly what I needed right this second. And then it becomes a habit, right? And then it becomes a mindset. And then right? and, and, and all of a sudden things go, things appear to go awry. And it's like, okay, there's a lesson here. And I actively look for it, which changes my energy, which changes everything. Right. And it's hard in the moment, but the more you do it, the easier it does get. And the more it becomes that natural thing. Um, and again, it kind of steals that intense emotional reaction from the moment where you're like, all right, cool. I don't like this. And let me figure out what I need to do about it. Yeah. So, and, and, and frankly, since we become more flexible and as leaders, and, and sales, and both leadership sales, and I know we keep saying it, they really are the same thing. We are agents of change. In fact, your webpage, right? Uh, changespeaker.com, your changespeaker.com, right? It's, it's not about nickels and dimes in your case, right? We're talking about being, <laughs> being agents of change. That's what we do. That's what leadership, you don't need to be a leader if you want to keep everything the status quo because everyone just keeps marching along, right? Right. 
Yeah. And I once heard somebody say, and I don't know whether this was you, it might have been you, it might have been somebody else, but they said that change management shouldn't be a thing. It should be change leadership. Because no matter what we do, we're always leading change, leading improvement, leading flexibility, because nothing ever stays the way we expect it to stay and the way we want it to stay. And so if we're at the forefront, and again, this is one of the big points of my keynote is expect it. Life's not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. It's going to rain. Things are going to change. And so if we start expecting that and realizing this isn't a wrecking ball to our plan, this is the plan. (laughs) let's go you know wow that is such a beautiful concept it's not about waiting for the rain to pass about learning to dance in the rain because yeah right we're going to get rain we're going to get sunshine and we're going to get snow we're going to get sleep we're going to get hail those the weather changes and if we're waiting for the perfect weather you know even here in san diego you know where people say it's perfect weather yeah we get more sunshine than most other places in the country and and we don't, right? And by that I mean we have days where it rains. What's the song say? You know, it never rains in Southern California, but man, when it does, it pours, right? It's um, no, you don't know that song. Okay, um, I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. Otherwise, I would have started singing it. You know me. Well, that's why I said you don't know that song because you didn't sing. <laughs> and 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 even if I do know the song, trust me, I don't sing because even when I sing, <laughs> I don't sing. Um, so, but, but that's what happens. And so we need to learn to, um, just deal with whatever comes down the pike And the best way to do that in my book is to simply know that it's happening exactly the way it's supposed to unfold. And I mean, I look back, I look back on my life and I go, I couldn't be where I am today if I hadn't gone through everything. And it wasn't, it was there were some really great times and there were some really bad ones, just like everybody else. Yep. And we learn what we're learning as we go. And it all does lead us to where we are today. Yep. Well, that's kind of like saying a lot of words. Um, but... <laughs> hey, so question for you in the moment when you're frustrated or something's not going the way you plan how did you bring yourself back around to that knowing? Or how did you, if you're there now? I think the first thing, and not, not I think, I know the first thing you have to do is let yourself feel whatever you're feeling, right? And, and that's counterintuitive. We're taught, we're socialized to, you know, tamp our feelings down, to not tap into them, right? Little kids, think, think about an infant. An infant knows nothing. Right. Nothing except for I'm hungry or my diaper's full or I'm tired. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's the life of an infant. Right. And and so they want something and they cry and they feel the feeling until they're done feeling it. And then it goes away. And then at some point, you know, we start telling quiet, 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 quiet as they get little become, you know, from infants to toddlers. And they learn to tamp down their feelings that it's not time yet. It's not convenient for mommy and daddy to, for them to be hungry or for them to be, you know, tired or them to want a toy or them to write that sense of frustration comes up. And so we learn at a young age to subsume our feelings. Frankly, if we just felt them through, right, the only way to is through. And we just, so something bad happens and we just 
feel those feelings as intensely and as powerfully without asking for anything that you, you learn very quickly to get right through it. And then once you get through to the other side, then, okay, those emotions are done. Those the sort of chemical reaction in your body that creates that motion sort of dies out. And now we can think clearer and all of a sudden we can find, find what we need to find in uh, the circumstances. I love that. I love that. And it's, it's not, it's not leaning away from it, but it's leaning into it and saying, all right, like, you know, so maybe me stopping around the airport was okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I look, I, I, well, you remember when we first met, I was on my way down to Tampa to meet uh, at that event and I got stuck in the big freeze in Dallas. Right. And so there I am in terminal D in Dallas with, so I'm going from San Diego through Dallas to Tampa. It's February, but what do I need a code for? San Diego, Tampa. <laughs> yeah. And so terminal D was like minus 300 degrees Celsius at 2 a.m. <laughs> you know? And I can just imagine you in my head. You're trying to snuggle up on a airplane waiting seat wrapped in a gym sock because it's the only thing you have to keep you warm. Well, you know, actually, so the, ho- the, the, the airport has one of those... Um, I can't remember what they're called, but it's, you know, like a mini sort of by the hour hotel. It's just sort of like a bolster bed you can you can rent by the hour. And they were all filled because all the employees, because there's no freeways, right, were coming in like hours early. So they're not late for their shift. And, you know, and they would stay there. But I got one for a couple hours. So I got, you know, some catnap time. But then at like 3 a.m. I got booted out and I just borrowed a blanket and now I had to find a spot where I could lay down that didn't have armrest. And, and it was, it was outside of McDonald's where they had like a bank of seats. So it was McDonald's was closed and, and I'm rolled up like a, like a homeless person, you know, covered in newspapers. It felt like just trying to doze off. It, it, it was miserable. You know, what do you do? You just, you sort of go with it. It's, you know, that's, that's, I knew at some point I was either going to end up back in San Diego or in Tampa. I wasn't sure which at this point, and it didn't really matter as long as it was any place but Dallas. <laughs> so lean in, feel it, and then move on. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and to, when you lean in and you just acknowledge, don't tamp them down, acknowledge those emotions, feel them, really let yourself feel them. And by the way, the way you can help a friend through this is don't tell them it's going to be okay. Don't try and take the pain away, but encourage them to feel their feelings. Because at some point, in, in fairly short order, I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, it's going to be different for everybody, but you know, minutes, not hours. They're going to, they're just going to. Well, and isn't, yeah, I mean, isn't that what we do though? We lean away from it. We say, oh, this is yucky. I'm not going to, not going to go here. Whereas when we lean into it, it kind of passes pretty quickly. Yeah. And then we have clarity. That's what follows is some clarity. It's like, wait a second. You know what? I like for me, for and again, Dallas, it's like, I'm going to get to Tampa. I got a flight, I got a flight, whatever time it was the next morning, you know. And of course, then we got I got on the plane, and then they're like, Oh, we have a mechanical problem. Oh no, it wasn't a mechanical problem. It was they they can't load the bags because there was ice on the ramps 
And so it was too dangerous for them to load the bags. And then, and then it was the Iceland ramps prevented them from pushing back because the tractor couldn't, you know, and we hit that two hour window where now the FAA requires them to let you off the plane if you want. And they're like, you know, folks, if you want to get off, you can. And I'm like, heck no, I've been in the airport. I want to sit right here where I, this plane's going to go to Tampa. Right. It was just, it just, it became a joke. Yeah. <laughs> And you just had to smile through it. <laughs> well, it's funny is I did I did end up smiling through it, sincerely smiling through it, right? But I had to go through the misery to get there. Right, right. Well, I think that is a great place for us to call this one to a close. Yeah. So, so folks, I guess our parting words here is understand start to look for everything reframe yourself everything happens perfect and so when things aren't going the way you had um, thought they would understand they they may not go the way you thought they would but they are going the way they need to and then find find the positive in that find the lesson there find find the, the takeaway that will really res resonate with you and you will find very quickly that's a skill that you will want to get better at and will get better at and will will change your lives in ways well beyond anything you could possibly imagine. I love it. All right, until next week. Thanks everyone. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg and you can find my website at lockedonleadership.com. And this is Anne Bonnie at yourchangespeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them. Yeah.